0: election profit makers is sponsored by the american cucumber council whether chopped up in salads pickled in brine or thinly sliced and placed on crackers cucumbers are the perfect vegetable for this extraordinary moment a healthy low-fat high-fiber treat so during these uncertain times let's come together and lift each other up with the authentic magic of cucumbers because no matter what happens no matter where you stand there's one thing we can all agree on a c a b american cucumbers are bountiful Use promo code ACAB for 10% off your first 20-pound order of cucumbers. to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election and related catastrophes. I am Kid Midas, and I am joined this week by Starley Quinn. Hello, Starley. Hi. And the Oracle of Orange County, Long John Silver.
1: Hey, David. Hey, Starley.
0: Hi, John. So this week, obviously, there's a lot. uh, I mean, gosh, I don't know what to say. It was a very eventful weekend.
1: Well, we, we had widespread demonstrations all over the country. Protesting against police brutality and systemic racism, uh, based on the killing of George Floyd in in Minneapolis this past week, and it's the most widespread demonstrations we've had in the in the country since probably the the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. You know, it was pretty astounding, actually.
0: Huh. Well. Why don't we do this? Uh, I will tell our listeners about my experience at the protest I went to on Saturday. I'll talk about this because it was a relatively new experience for me. I've obviously been to plenty of um, protests over the years. Going back to Bush administration, post 9-11 stuff, obviously 2003 big Iraq war protests. And I think I even did some marching in the 90s. I have a memory of protesting the opening of a new Nike town in Boston. <laughs> Isn't that like the most 90s thing you can imagine? Uh, uh. Me showing up to protest Nike town because of Nike's mm-hmm. labor practices. But I had never been to something that, that uh, exactly like this. So I'll tell you what happened in case any of you are interested in the lifestyle. So... Emily asked if I wanted to go to this protest on Saturday. Of course, the honest answer is no, not really. I don't really like protesting. It's a total pain in the ass. It's like exercising. You know, you hate to do it and then you leave and you're like, yeah, I'm glad I did it. So anyway, I said, yeah, I'll go to this protest. But before I left, I thought, you know, this protest is probably going to get, there's probably going to be like direct action at this protest. Some smashing, some spray painting, some hopping up and down on the trunks of automobiles. Perhaps some fisticuffs with officers of the law. I'm not sure I'm up for that. So what will my role be at this protest? Like, what am I going to do once I'm there? So I thought to myself, well, what I can do at this protest is be old fuddy-duddy helper man. I will make some spray that you can spray on people in case they get uh, tear gassed. You know, there's this mixture, three tablespoons baking soda to one cup water. You put it in a spray bottle. And if somebody gets gassed, you can spray it on them. Uh, and it's supposed to help with the stinging. I have not tested this. I am not a doctor. I found this online. Use at your own discretion. But I did find under my kitchen sink a totally sick spray bottle that was the perfect size for my little uh, shoulder bag. No, it's not a shoulder bag. It's a bike courier bag. So I said, all right, I'll do that. And if things get really crazy, I'll be off to the side and I can help people who get uh, gassed. But I'm not going to play offense. I'll be defense. I'll be a defensive guy. But I'm not going to smash anything. So everybody leave me alone about smashing stuff. That's not me. I'm not going to smash anything. Then we park and we're walking to the protest and people are already trickling out from earlier waves of protesters. And Starly, guess what the guy who passed us by was wearing? What? Pod Save America coronavirus mask. I saw that and I was like, forget everything I just said. Give me a brick. I'm ready to tear down this fucking city bank. It's on. Boop, instant Antifa activation. (laughs) George Soros warrior reporting for duty. (laughs) I'm I'm foaming at the mouth. Let me at him, let me at him. I'm going (laughs) to throw empty blue apron boxes through the windows of the Starbucks. (laughs) This is, oh, so what I should explain for people is there was multiple protests in LA this weekend. And this one was in an area called Fairfax, which is west of where I hang my hat. And it's kind of near Beverly Hills. It's near a fancy mall called The Grove. Everyone yeah. should know that, because it comes into play later. So we get to the intersection, we show up, and then you know, it looks like a protest. people standing around chanting. There was an indigenous group doing some drumming and dancing and stuff, people encouraging them. You know, every so often a chant would go up. And then what I noticed was, you know, this is what this is what I was thinking about, okay? and And I think this is a little bit different than the protests I've been to in the past. When we arrived at this main intersection, it was kind of like, all right, yeah, this feels like a protest. One block away, two blocks away was where the real density was happening and where the energy was much more like, oh, this is uh, this is much more tense because that's where the cops were. Mm-hmm. Unlike any other protests I've ever been to, the crazy dynamic about all these protests is this is a protest about the cops who are there at the protest to quote unquote, keep the peace. Right. Obviously that's not happening, but you know, like the women, it's not like when I went to the tax march protest, Trump's accountants were right there on the front line and we were screaming in the face of Trump's accountants. Do you know what I mean? The dynamic is just totally confrontational in a way that those other protests were not. Yep. When I was protesting Nike town back in the nineties, Phil Knight wasn't there. Mayor of Nike town, you know, with the big pair of scissors saying, welcome to Nike. You know, it wasn't like that. These protests are about the cops and they are surrounded by cops. So It's a very, very different vibe once you enter that area of the protest. Yeah. There's this abandoned LA city bus that's covered in spray paint. And if I hadn't known better and I was just walking through this neighborhood on any other day, I would have assumed this bus was just like some FX shows, like viral marketing strategy to like, let's tag up a bus and leave it at the intersection to promote our new show about dystopia. So we decided to move in closer to where where the crowd was a lot tighter. Instantly forgot everything about social distancing completely out the window was no longer front of mind for the last two months. Anytime I've been outside, the thing that I've thought about the most is how far away am I from other people? Who's wearing a mask? Who's not wearing a mask? Which jogger is just spreading saliva all over the place. Once we hit that protest, I really, that kind of stuff just like completely disappeared because my mind was always occupied with where am I in space? Where is the safe place I can get to if everything goes bananas Where's our rendezvous point going to be? Does anybody here look mentally unwell or dangerous or angry in a way that, it, you know, could be a threat? Because, you know, every so often a car would move through the crowd. And obviously that that is a very, that's extremely unnerving just visually because, you know, it's like a shark moving through water that's surrounded by, you know, little fishes parting out of its way. But then also after Charlottesville, it's like you take a look at the driver and you're like, want to make sure they're not about to just like smash the gas pedal and, and, and try to murder a bunch of people. Right. So my brain was so occupied with all that other stuff. All of a sudden I completely forgot about Corona. I mean, obviously I was wearing a mask and most everybody else was wearing masks, but I, I stopped worrying about germs or, or viruses, I should say. Anyway, what I wanted to say was, here are the notes that I took. Just tell you the things that I noticed. One is, and I guess this is true of a lot of protests, but it feels much more important to mention when there's gonna, potential of direct action or police attacks. It's really hard to get your bearings. Everyone is standing on the ground. And when we first arrived and saw that tight cluster of people, I couldn't see, like, why was that the focus? You know, like, what was going on over there? And I'm tall and I couldn't see. One kid climbed up a utility pole. It's always been a secret fantasy of mine. Maybe I'll do that next time I go to a protest. He got boosted up and he was able to use those Handles on the side of the pole, do you know what I'm talking about? And he had a megaphone, and he was able, from his vantage point, to just describe what was happening to people and to warn people, which was important. we'll get to that in a second. The other thing I should mention is that the this was extremely annoying by design, which is that the police department has a constant low-flying helicopter circling the crowd, basically just to be a fucking pain in our ass. Do you know what I mean? To be annoying the constant helicopter noise. I assume that's what it was doing. I couldn't think of any other reason for it to be so low to the ground as it circled us. Um, Obviously, there were plenty of other helicopters above at different altitudes. I assume those were like police helicopters for maybe IDing people or something and then probably news helicopters. Was
1: Helicopter Tony out there?
0: (laughs) I wish, John. I was calling out for Helicopter Tony. Like, Helicopter Tony, if you're getting this, Traffic's gonna be all fucked up around the grove. And I hope Helicopter Tony was on top of it. So, you have all this going on. There was a circle of cops surrounding a police car that had already been smashed in. The window had been smashed in. And then the protesters had surrounded this outward facing ring of cops. Can you picture that? Mm -hmm. Classic protest donut mode. Donut hole is defined by the cops. And it's kinda, and then it's kinda like every protest, which is kinda like, all right, now what do we do? A lot of this comes down to just taking block by block. Who controls which block? It's what I imagine 19th century warfare being like. Yeah. General, we're going to take that hill. Yeah. And if we have that hill, by the time the sun goes down, we'll rest easy, read our Bibles, wake up tomorrow morning, eat our hardtack and biscuits, and take the next hill. You know what I'm talking about, John? It just feels like really old school.
1: Yeah, you got to take
0: the high ground. The cops want to push you back, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's like, this, is what, this is what I would say. This whole experience of going to this protest was activating so many elements of my lizard brain from evolutionary olden times. Do you know what I mean? The primacy of just controlling physical space. And then if you were standing away from the crowd, every so often you would see (laughs) the wonderful and reassuring sight of a mass of people suddenly turning and running at you, (laughs) running directly at you because they're running from something. That, (laughs) seeing that happen, Is such a profound lizard brain thing that as it was happening, I kind of went into this mode of like complete calm, almost like, okay, this is happening. I'm going to move to the side and let this mass of people run past me.
1: But not join them?
0: No. Join them in running away? No, I did not do that. And maybe that's tactically the right thing to do. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about this type of protesting. I guess that's why I'm talking about it. Anytime we staged at a new location, I would look around. I was like, Jack Reacher. I have to say, you know I've been reading my Jack Reacher. I was like, how would Jack Reacher be at this protest? Where's my little hidey hole? Where's my little Jack Reacher safety bunker? I'm going to look around and find my little area that I'm going to go to in case things get crazy little alcove yeah let me find an alcove totally i was in i had my alcove goggles on or like at one point it was like okay if things get really crazy i'm going to just get up against this utility pole and let the waters of people kind of flow around me like a rock in a river so as we were approaching the tight cluster of people with the ring of cops booms all of a sudden everyone is running directly at us And then there were these two girls who had been in the middle who were now standing beside me. I was like, what just happened? Why was everyone running? And they said, oh, they were pepper spraying people. So be careful if you go up there. And I was like, well, you don't have to worry about that because I'm not going up there. But then what happened was they said, we need all white people to go up there. The tactic, it makes sense. Like put the white people at the front, let the white people face the cops. So they said, all right, white people, white people, you need to go up front, face these cops. I was like, all right, I'll do it, you know. I guess that's why I'm here, right? Fuddy-duddy helper man. That's what he does. So I shuffle my old fuddy-duddy ass up to the front. John, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when Liz Fair started playing that outdoor concert on the Joko cruise <laughs> and we both moved up to the front to see which one of us she would make eye contact with and fall in love with. I was like, let me move up to the front and pretend these cops are Liz Fair, and see if I can make eye contact with this cop and he'll fall in love with me and I'll say, lay down your guns, brother, join me. Right. But no one fell in love with me that day. So I moved up to the front. I didn't get all the way up to the first row face-to-face with these cops, who, by the way, as usual, overdressed just a tad for the situation. <laughs> these guys look like they're going to fucking go fight robot dragons on Saturn. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> the militarization of the police is just like, <laughs> it's awful, and it's, and it's scary, but it's also so dumb-looking, you know, like... They're waddle waddling around. They just look silly. You know, it's it's. I don't know how to describe. They look scary and silly. It's like, bro, what do you think we had? Did you think we were going to show up in spaceships? Like, what the? You know, did you think we were going to be riding like horses that shoot lasers out of their eyes? Like, I'm here in a t-shirt and blue jeans and some fucking twenty dollar kids you know like i'm not yeah it's insane right it's insane and it's dreadful and it
1: invites it invites when they're dressed like that it's just saying please throw a brick at me of course it's like they talk about in football you know one of the ways to to you know i'm gonna give you some football analogies here all
0: right don't fuck up this week like you did last week
1: they say it would be a lot less violent if people weren't wearing the helmets you know the helmets yeah can right cause yeah. a lot of violence it's the same way with the cops hmm.
0: yeah totally it's like they are announcing that we, we are at war. That's When they wear that stuff, it's like, this is a war. We are at war with you.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're completely anonymous, too. You could see how if you were dressed like that as a cop, that you would feel almost like, I can do whatever I want. Nobody can see my face. We're all dressed alike. We are the Borg. You could just see how psychologically it would cause the cops to be more aggressive. I'm not making excuses for
2: them. It's It seems very similar to me uh, to the Michigan protesters who were also anonymous, who covered their face, who wore all that war gear. It was so over the top. Right. The armors protecting them from changing.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it is, you know, it is, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other jobs where the uniform's just so bananas.
1: If you're an, you're an astronaut.
2: But astronaut has a practical purpose why the uniform's bananas as an astronaut.
1: Absolutely. They've got to have all this stuff to protect themselves from the radiation. Right. These guys are our fellow citizens and they're dressed like they're going to land on the fucking moon.
0: Right. It's also by design, like mayors are scared to stand up to them. The unions are incredibly powerful and self-interested and there's no, you know, so such little accountability. And then in many, you know, they don't live in the neighborhoods they patrol. The populations that they're supposed to serve and protect, they usually have contempt for. It's just, fuck, it's a toxic relationship. There, I said it. It's a toxic relationship. We're not speaking each other's love languages here. That's the problem. The cop's love language is put on a huge fucking vest and a tough guy helmet, walk around like fucking Cobra Commander with a huge machine gun. And our love language is just like, just leave us alone. You know, like those are incompatible love languages. It's a fear-based toxic relationship with incompatible love languages. Boom, book me on CNN. I can talk about this stuff. So I'm getting up near to the cops and then the guy with the megaphone on the utility pole says, everybody move back. The car is burning now. The the engine could blow up. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll take this opportunity to move back. It was like I don't know about how cars explode. Like, what do I know? I've seen, I, well, I watched so much TV in the 80s that as soon as a car... As soon as, any, as soon as anything happens to a car, that car's going to blow the fuck up. It could turn upside down. Boom, car blows up. Dukes of Hazard. car blows up. Hardcastle and McCormick, car blows up.
1: All of a sudden, a gas truck shows up.
2: If anyone in a 10-mile radius lights a cigarette, the car blows up.
0: Totally. So I'm like, this kid with this megaphone, This, I will say the vibe of this kid was this was not this kid's first rodeo. You know what I mean? He was like one of those kids who's like... <laughs> There's a type, you know.
2: I grew up with a lot of suburban L.A. white anarchists.
0: You know who, you can picture Bullhorn Kid, wiry white kid, weird hair, fucked up raggedy clothes, being like, dude, give me a boost up on this utility pole. I'm going to be, you know what? He was helicopter Tony, John. That kid on the utility pole was helicopter Tony. He was right there the whole time. I didn't even realize who it was. It's like, this motherfucker nice. with the bullhorn, he's got his eyes in the sky. Weather on the ones, he had traffic on the 10s, Sean! the whole time. It was helicopter <laughs> Tony. It's like, everybody move back, that engine's about to blow. Helicopter Tony. You got it, helicopter Tony, thank you. Traffic on the 10s. Oh my God. Oh. If this kid says the car might blow up, he's probably not basing that on old episodes of the A-Team that he watched in elementary, because also this kid's probably 19 right, right. years old. So whatever, I'll take this kid's advice. I'm going to back up. So we got out of there, you know? There was no explosion, thank goodness. We moved back to that main intersection, which, uh, you, which I mentioned was, and again, so I want to re- remind everybody that unlike a lot of protests I've been to, this one has different clusters of, I would call them, let's call it a vibe cluster. We moved from the vibe of that dense confrontational thing with the cops Which I will say, while we were standing in that dense concentration, I saw this would change later in the afternoon. But at that point, when we were there, I saw no violence. There was one rubber projectile that was shot into the crowd. There were bottles, you know, arcing overhead, people throwing bottles and stuff. It was tense, but it was not violent. And it was on edge, but it was not chaotic. That's what I would say. Then the guy said the car was going to blow up. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back over here right now. So we went back to the intersection. At this point, the intersection itself was getting denser. There were more protesters. And then what happened was, and this is the kind of shit I love. There's a bunch of cars that are getting backed up. They want to get through the intersection, but they can't because people are chanting and, and standing around and stuff. And I'm like, oh God, please don't let one of these cars try to plow through these protesters. Cars are honking protesters are like all right all right let's figure this out they make a channel the protesters make a corridor so that the cars can pass through the intersection and then you know the cars are honking and then i realize like oh they're not honking because they're impatient they're honking because they're supporting the protesters you know there's the language to honking you can tell an appreciation honk from an anger honk appreciation honk skips along like a stone across the surface of water an anger honk is trying to push its way sonically through a crowd of people so I was like, oh, this is great. The protesters have figured out a way to get these cars through. The cars are thanking the protesters. This is wonderful. And then I realized, you know what this is, guys? I don't know if how much 90s anarchist theory you've read. I was like, this is what Hakim Bey was talking about. This is a temporary autonomous zone. This is a space in which the old order has has temporarily been displaced by an autonomous mutual system of uh like they've constructed their own little micro society within the context of a broader society okay this is something I've been reading about for a project so I was like oh shit look a temporary autonomous zone look at me out here by this TAZ so now I'm kind of like in an upbeat vibe a woman shows up and she has a little portable amplifier you know like a busker and she starts singing the song in front of the spray-painted bus people start singing along and then my nose starts to feel really irritated something doesn't smell right And then all of a sudden we see a big cloud of like ominous smoke and then people start running at us. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go in my little hidey hole. I just had to jump over a couple of rose bushes. not going to trample rose bushes. I am my mother's son. I know that these rose bushes, you don't fuck with them no matter what. So I'm going to thread my way through these rose bushes, get in my little hidey hole because we all thought it was gas. Now, fuddy duddy helper man is about to activate like Jack Reacher with my spray bottle. I'm about to be such a little old man helping people. Turns out it wasn't tear gas. Someone had set the cop car on fire. All right. The cop car in the (laughs) middle of that circle of people. And let me tell you something. I'm not going to lie. This thing smelled like shit. I will say to people who've never been to one of these kinds of protests, if they start setting cars on fire, bring your coronavirus mask and then just bring a mask for the stink of it. The modern automobile must be filled with chemicals and synthetic materials. According to my calculations, and I was smelling every single one. That thing smelled like shit.
2: Was it a real cop car?
0: Right. This is what people were arguing about. People said this cop car was set there so that people would set it on fire. Basically, they were like, the cops have put this cop car here as a provocation and the protesters took the bait mm. and that allowed the police to go nuts, which is what happened shortly thereafter.
2: Has that been confirmed? That I
1: don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to confirm any of this stuff. But right, exactly. Yeah, I like that theory. I mean,
0: I honestly... I will always assume the cops are acting as cynically and disgustingly as possible. But that is one instance where it's like if, if the cops just do it so that then they can be like, oh, you're burning a cop car. Now we're going to smash your heads in. That's my that's my classic Los Angeles accent. Mm-hmm. Then that's not good, obviously. But just in terms of like baiting people with cars, if I was mayor of this town, I would put cop cars everywhere and just be like, have Adam Just fuck up these cop cars. Let people burn off steam. Let people be angry. There are all these debates raging online about like, who are the looters? Are there looters outside agitators? Are they white supremacists acting in bad faith to foment a race war? Are they just dipshit anarchist kids who are just want to be little stinkers and smash Starbucks windows? Is this an authentic expression of black rage or is it being co-opted for people's ends? Does assuming it's white outside agitators dismiss the authenticity of black Americans? After going to that protest, my answer is like, who, f- who the fuck knows? There's all types of people at this protest. It's like, I don't know. There was one point where there was kids jumping on the roof of the cop car and then other pedestrian cars, you know, that had been parked on the street. Those cars were gaining. Uh, and then the bus. And there was one moment where I was like, oh, everyone jumping on the roofs of these cars is white and really young. I wonder if that means anything. Like, are these all just white anarchists? Or is it because if a black person did it, they would get shot? Like, what's the... That was a data point. It's an anecdote that I noticed. The people I saw doing the quote-unquote crazy stuff were mostly white kids. And when that first dispersal happened, when everyone started running at us, and I was like, okay, boop, I'm going over by this building, a kid was running away. He was running with the crowd, and then he peeled off to very quickly spray paint ACAB on the window, and then he kept running. And that kid was white too, A-C-A-B. American cucumbers are bountiful. So I was like, thank you for repping American cucumbers in this time of crisis. We can't forget what's really important, which is eating those cucumbers day and night. Start and end your day with American cucumbers, A-C-A-B. The kid spray painted that. So I don't know, like, who the fuck knows? This This is, there's a lot of chaos right now. I would be wary about jumping to conclusions. This, so this thing was burned. This thing is burning, huge plumes of smoke. And at that point, and this is the other thing I want to say to people like myself for whom this is like a new experience, right? You're like, have I done enough today? I'm already talking about leaving just because of one burning cop car. Like, I can survive being within two blocks of a burning cop car. You start to feel guilty. But on the other hand, you should, it's okay. Like, we were kind of like, yeah, we did an hour. I think we were there for like 60 or 90 minutes. It's like, that's a reasonable shift for a protest like this. People are still coming. Like, we'll clock out. And, you know, as we're walking back to the car, other people are still coming in. You can't beat yourself up too much for not being the most hardcore person who's there. It was like, this is f- starting to feel genuinely dicey. We've been here for a while. Maybe it's time for Fuddy Duddy Helper Man to clock out for the day. So we walked home through the Grove, which is this fancy mall. And I think within 30 minutes, that place was being smashed and ransacked. I mean, I think we left right before things really did truly get dicey. Speaking of dicing, American cucumbers diced on top of a salad add a watery crispness that is second to none. Do not believe the lies of Big Zucchini. When it comes to dicing vegetables on top of other vegetables, only American cucumbers can get the job done. American Cucumber Council, ACAB. American cucumbers are bountiful. That's my little scene report. I feel like maximum rock and roll. Remember, John, in Maximum Rock and Roll, they'd have scene reports and it would be all these weird Eastern European countries you'd never heard of. This is that type of thing. That's my maximum That's Kid Midas Maximum Rock and Roll scene report. Fairfax protest, which I think later turned into, I guess what you could call a riot. I'm glad I went. I am going to self-quarantine for a week, just in case. Just from my experience, the thing I found useful was obviously if you're going to something like this. You should bring your PPE equipment. Is saying PPE equipment like saying ATM machine? Yes. Can I just do it though? Let me just say it. I say ATM machine with pride. I think it sounds really good. ATM machine. Bring your PPE equipment.
1: Does your PPE equipment include goggles? Because I think goggles are crucial. There's no way you're finding me at one of these events where they're shooting rubber bullets and I'm not wearing goggles.
0: Get your goggles.
1: I don't care about the gas. I don't want rubber bullets in my face.
0: All right. Let's add it to our list. When you're gearing up, fuddy-duddy helper mode. Get your goggles. Get your mask. Get your baking soda water solution in a spray bottle. Don't go by yourself. Go with a buddy. Have a rendezvous point. This is something that we realized very quickly after things got dicey. Like, oh, our rendezvous point, which is one block away. mm, We're going to need a second rendezvous point that's quite a bit further away. So you have one that's like pretty far away. That's where you're going to go. If things get nuts, you can meet up later and then um, bring obviously water and snacks, you know, stay hydrated. I think it was helpful for me to know in advance. Like I said, like, what am I going to do at this protest? What do I feel comfortable doing? How far am I going to go? And obviously that could change in the heat of the moment. If I had been facing off against a police officer and he said, helicopter Tony is bullshit and cocaine city isn't real. All of a sudden, My threshold for what I would be willing to do would have probably exploded because I would have been in a total rage. Right. But I think it was helpful for me going in. It made it easier for me to commit to going to know ahead of time, like, okay, here's what I'm up for. Because it's scary to be like, yeah, you want to go to this protest? There might be cars on fire upside down, rubber bullets flying every which way, people wailing on cops, cops trying to run us down. And you might be like, you know, I'm not really sure where I fit into that scenario. (laughs) I'm not really sure what my role is in that particular (laughs) piece of drama you're staging. So I think it's helpful to know like, all right, am I offense or defense? And I'm sure, obviously like, I'm not a fucking activist. I don't know my ass from my elbow when it comes to this shit. So obviously read up. But I would say if you're like me, a temperamentally conservative, middle-aged person, it's doable.
2: I wouldn't describe you as temperamentally conservative.
0: I think I am, though. I mean, I am fundamentally, my fundamental reaction to seeing police cars burning and windows being smashed is kind of like, I'm not sure that's the best idea. And again, the amazing thing about this moment is it's a good reminder for me to be like, you know what? It's okay for me to just, like, have no fucking clue what the best thing to do is. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying shit about this. Like, whatever. I know what I'll do. I know what the best thing for me to do is. I don't know if they should burn cop cars. I mean, it doesn't smell good. I know that. But on the other hand, if it's a symbol of an oppressive state.
2: All we know is that what we're, we're living in is not working. So now it's kind of experimentation mode.
0: Oh, yeah. We are, we are definitely in experimentation mode.
1: So how long do you guys think these demonstrations are going to go on?
0: Well, they just announced the curfew today in L.A. Is, is like at fucking 4 p.m. Like, what the fuck? No, no,
2: no. There was I, I think they announced at some point today 1 p.m. 1 p.m.? That's in 50 minutes. I- mm.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, cur- the curfew in Raleigh today is at eight. And Raleigh got wrecked. Yeah, Raleigh got wrecked. I mean, I think the majority of the demonstrations in Raleigh were peaceful, but every time this weekend when it got dark, that's when stuff starting breaking and catching on fire.
0: Joker hours. Yeah. And again, I think part of that is just like it's the end of a long day. People are frustrated. It's harder to be tracked at night. And then I think night also, like body armor and masks, contributes to that depersonalization effect. I can move and act without being seen. It's really interesting to be in spaces where that stuff, the acquisition of territory, the violence that can come from being in a depersonalized group. There's something very profound about it.
2: I mean... From quarantine to curfew is a lot.
0: Yeah, man. This, this year, they're putting us through the paces this year. It's a lot.
2: It's, um It's a real psychological you know, since Trump won, I have reassessed what society is and what the systems are every single day, I would say, since he won. And then to, for this year to come, and in the last three months What is society? Do we need society? What does society offer? We were able to just enter our homes and kind of recede from it, and then the second it ends, to emerge into a world that's like, yeah, definitely society. If it if it didn't collapse, it should collapse, and it has to be rebuilt. Like it's just, it's it. (laughs) I don't even. I feel like we're taking so much in, and racing to reconfigure ourselves for the good. I'll I'll be really surprised if the next stage is not a collective mental breakdown of some kind.
0: Yeah, I hate to say it, Starly. It's a mood. It's a mood. It's a lot. (laughs) (sighs) I think what we need are tax advantage savings accounts and loan deferment plans for people who graduate from a four year school and then spend two years in their underserved communities building tech startups and encouraging STEM research. I think that's the only plan that could possibly fix these deep structural changes that are needed john do you
1: agree we need a new ownership society
0: (laughs) oh my god john what do you think about these tweet markets
1: uh the (laughs) (laughs) tweet markets well trump has stopped tweeting trump do you want to talk about a hidey hole trump went into the ultimate hidey hole i don't know if he can tweet from the bunker it's messed up the tweet markets People don't know what's happening because of the bunker
0: situation. Oh, that bunker.
1: Bunker boy.
0: When people were protesting in front of the White House last night, Trump got taken to the White House bunker, where I'm sure the odor of Dick Cheney was still redolent in the air. And then John, John's lifeline, his supply of that uncut Trump tweet stream was cut off. John, how did you handle that? You look despondent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no in B1 and B9. <laughs> B1 and B9 never hit, and it looks like B1 might hit because of the bunker. And B1 is the low number
0: of tweets. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: Is that why the tweet markets were taken down, you think? Because of the bunker?
1: No, that's another thing. Right before we started recording, Predict It tweeted this out- This is breaking news. Yeah. You know, their upcoming markets for the week and the tweet markets were not included.
0: What's the deal, Predict It? Why no new tweet markets, Predict It? John, what's your theory? Long John Silver-
1: I think the CFTC came down on him. Explain. I think that Predict It has this um, no- challenge letter from the CFTC that allows them to do these trading on political markets because it has educational value and research value to these universities. And I think they look at the tweet markets potentially as not so educational, perhaps more gambling. Yeah. So I don't know. Nobody knows at this point, but I've just figured it out. I mean, I've, I've figured out ma- how to make money in the tweet market. So I'm, I'm disappointed that it's... It's disappearing.
2: How did you figure it out? What was your method?
1: Uh, a negative risk.
0: Let's spare a thought for the tweet markets and those who rely on them. Brandy,
1: please bring it back.
0: Or you got to replace them with something else. I just searched "predict it" for keyword Antifa and mm-hmm. there were no Antifa markets, which is driving me crazy. Brandy, give us some Antifa markets.
1: What about Black Block?
0: Yes. Wait, this can't be right. Who will be Trump's next Supreme Court nominee? <laughs> it did come up. <laughs> it did come up. That's amazing, <laughs> John. It wasn't all riots and discord this weekend. There was also some major movement in the vice presidential market for Joe Biden's campaign.
1: Yeah, those uh, the movement was related to the riots. It it came yeah. out that Klobuchar had refused to prosecute some uh, police brutality cases back in her days in Minnesota in uh, local government and. That hurt her in the vice presidential markets. I think that night it broke and I sent it to you guys. I said, I think she's in trouble. And I went ahead and bought a bunch of no shares on her when she was trading around 15 cents. And then she went all the way down to 4 cents. At one point, she was trading below Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama had better odds (laughs) to be the VP than Klobuchar.
0: That's when you know you biffed it. Her past caught up with her. Amy Klobuchar, it's not happening. Beckett. You failed. Your little crush.
1: I mean, she might, but it doesn't, it doesn't look good for her right now. She, she's trading I, she's around seven me. cents.
0: So who are the leaders now, John? Obviously, we have the evergreen Kamala Harris, who's still in the lead. Val Demings, who I remember you being very dismissive of. I think you owe Val Demings an apology, John.
1: Yeah, Val because Demings. you kind of is... biffed it. She has exploded.
2: She's at 15 cents right now. She's trading at 15.
1: Incredible. I shorted her when she was at 4 cents. So I'm getting killed there. And then the, the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, is, she went from 1 cent two days ago to 11 cents.
2: She's on the ticket with Killer Mike. It's like having Killer Mike as a VP at this point.
0: If Killer Mike went from being one of Bernie Sanders' most high-profile black surrogates yeah. to somehow... Imagine him being Joe Biden's like special liaison on urban race issues. Joe Biden and Killer Mike teaming up. Killer Mike falls in love with Joe Biden, kicks LP out of Run the Jewels. And the new Run the Jewels is Joe Biden and Killer Mike. Mm -hmm. And as soon as festivals open up again, they're headlining all the festivals. Coachella, Bonnaroo, everything. Killer Mike, Joe Biden, Run the Jewels.
1: My guess is it's Harris, Warren, I think Demings is in there, probably.
0: It's not going to be Warren. He's not going to pick a white lady. He can't pick a white lady right now. I think
1: she's being considered. We do
2: have until August 1st. And think about how time works now.
1: Yeah, it's
0: a long way away. I will say Biden is up fifty-two forty-eight on Predict right now. That's nuts.
2: I thought, his, I thought his speech was good. My friend says that she thinks Biden connects through pain, and I agree with that.
0: Yeah, I do too. He said some rough stuff, yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it means he's going to fix anything, but his concern feels real and that was helpful.
0: So John, what are we going to do about these vice presidential markets? Just wait and see?
1: I don't really have a strategy anymore in these vice pre- <laughs> in these vice presidential markets.
0: John, I want to remind you that we got a Patreon message, patreon.com slash election profit makers. I'm going to not use this person's name because of the explosive information contained herein. Listen to this. Election profit makers, good morning. My husband's friend worked on the Klobuchar campaign and has a group text with operatives from all the different campaigns. They all think Val Demings is going to be Biden's VP pick. Even the folks who worked for Harris think this. John, what do we do with this explosive bit of inside intel?
1: Sell your no shares in in Demings. I'm getting out of my position.
0: How the tables have turned for Long John Silver. Yeah. Once again, reality has outpaced your mental models.
1: Absolutely. I never would consider somebody who, what is she, a two-term House member? It seems like we would be more likely to have a senator or a governor in that position, but we'll see. Think of
0: America as an amazing TV show and just keep watching and see what happens next. Right, guys? It really could seems
2: like it could be almost anyone at this point, except for Klobuchar.
0: Klobuchar, we miss you. We celebrate you. We honor you and we see you and we hear you and goodbye. You're not going to be <laughs> vice president. Mm-mm. That's what I say to Amy Klobuchar. To Beckett, I say, I grieve with you. My hand on your shoulder. Looking into your eyes, nodding with empathy. Goodbye, Beckett. Your prognostications were for shit. (laughs) Go back to middle school. Keep reading your books, because you you are not ready for this game, Beckett. Your centrist takes are shoddy at best. You are a zucchini, and this is a world of cucumbers, Beckett. Switch up your veggies. Get right with God, and then come back and give us some analysis, because your Klobuchar take was ice cold.
1: Ice cold. Long John Silver. What is your bet of the week? There are some primaries that are happening tomorrow. Unbelievable. Remember primaries, everybody? And one of them is the Republican primary for the 4th District of Iowa, Steve King. And (gasps) he is potentially in trouble there. It's a 50-50 market right now. There's also a market for Steve King about whether he will win his election in 2020. So And that one is trading, yes, at $0.40. So I am buying no in that market. Instead of buying no into the 50-50 market, I'm buying no into him winning in 2020. And if he loses tonight, I'll win. And if he wins tonight, I can still win later on.
0: Same reality, different markets. Right. Starley Quinn, what is your bet of the week?
2: I think I'm going to bet on... Um, I like the VP market still.
0: You have found your calling with these, vice, <laughs> with these VP markets. This is your playground.
2: Yeah, except I never win any of them. I want it to be my calling, but it most likely isn't. The market that said that I was so sure about that said that Biden was going to pick his VP before July 5th. Last week, Biden announced that he would pick a VP around August 1st. And so then I had to turn around and mm. sell my shares for... I think I sold my shares for five cents each.
1: That's all right. We all have bad predictions. It's part of the game.
2: But my bet in the week is Val Demings and Keisha Lancebottoms. I have money on both of them.
0: Guys, I am not placing a bet this week. Nothing is jumping out at me. I'm filled with swirling uncertainty. And therefore, it would be irresponsible for me to place a bet this week. I know that is a violation of the podcaster's code. No bet of the week from Kid Midas. If people have a problem, they can take it up with me directly. Write to Antifa headquarters, attention, human resources. I'm gonna, let's make Antifa cards. Yeah. That's going to be our new fundraising strategy for election profit makers. I am a proud member of Antifa, local council 16623. My Antifa soldier name is Kid Midas. I am trained in hand-to-hand combat, old fuddy-duddy helping strategies, terrible mashups. If there's an emergency and you find this card on the body, please contact Long John Silver and Helicopter Tony. Call them for a backup. Here's what I would say. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com electionprofitmakers. You can go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. You know we have this arrangement with Predict it, and if you want to start betting along with us, you can go to predicted.org slash promo slash EPM20, and there you will receive up to $20 in matching funds for your portfolio. Election Profit Makers is also sponsored by the American Cucumber Council. When it comes to vegetables, there's simply one choice, the most bountiful, the crispest, the wettest, and the greenest. American cucumbers are bountiful, A C A B. Use promo code ACAB for 10% off your first 20-pound order of delicious, refreshing cucumbers. I'm trying to think of how the Pod Save America guys would do it if they were sponsored by a Cucumber Growers Association. Pod Save America is sponsored by American Cucumber Council. We love cucumbers. Guys, uh, these days there's nothing more important than high fiber cucumbers, except for getting Trump out of the White House. Uh, so, yeah, use promo code Pod America and you can get 15% off your first batch of cucumbers. Yeah, Janet and I just got our first batch. Oh, we were going crazy. I know, man. You texted me and you were like, look at all these cucumbers. Anyway, guys, <laughs> use promo code Pod Save America to get 15% off 1,000 cucumbers per month every month. Go Obama.